Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Hello and welcome to Easy Being Green, the podcast where we talk about the planet, its health, and how we can make it better. I'm Taylor Powers. Here's Deanne Tetzel, my co-host. And today's episode, we're talking about energy demand. How we can af- affect energy demand in our homes and mm-hmm. yeah, because places. Because essentially, energy is is all accessed from a grid where uh, you know whether it's from coal or gas and then renewables that come into effect and there's peak hours and there's low hours and energy is still being used demand never really changes there's the same amount of demand but it the times of day change because Mm -hmm. you think about um you know when we're all awake that's going to be the highest Mm -hmm. highest use um and talking about how we can make behavioral shifts to try to do our part to to balance that demand exactly rebalancing the demand just if we all choose to maybe not run so many of our um kind of energy sucking appliances Mm -hmm. at the same time then that that those peak hours it'll shift it all out and like taylor was mentioning um rebalance that demand so yeah because you think about it and it's you know um the traditional energy that that we have uh it's available anytime we want it um, though it does release a ton of greenhouse gas emissions. Um, but things like solar are dependent on the sun and mm-hmm. and wind is you know, dependent on wind. Mm-hmm. All these other factors that play into it. And the biggest issue there is is storage, being able to store that energy for when it's needed, um, not just when it's available. Exactly. Yeah, because so the renewable energy, like Taylor's mentioning, is um, we don't have any control over because mm-hmm. it, it, it's affected by Mother Nature and what's happening. But we can, we do have control over timing when it comes to how we um, access and utilize our the biggest um, energy users in our own homes. Plus, it'll save you a little money. Yes, that <laughs> so. is such a good incentive. <laughs> right. I was thinking that there should be like a... Um, like an incentive program that, you know, really is – it's almost like an app that that you use to control your own emissions, your own carbon footprint, and mm-hmm. what you're using in your home or day-to-day, and you track everything, almost like, like a fitness, like a health plan or like yeah. a diet app. Yeah. And you get points and you save money. I think that would be really cool. It makes sense. And I think there – you know, in some of the reading that I've done, there are – 
well, there are obviously incentives out there now. Yeah, um, for sure. There but are there, more incentives. and more, the government and, you know, the EPA are looking at things like this where they can um, incent people to to really make choices as far as this goes. And then, and then like we're saying, the, the benefit is that it, it will also make a difference in your on in your pocketbook so um there are smart smart meters which you can um look into as far as uh kind of getting real-time information about how uh how much of your energy is being used and when Mm -hmm. so you can make better decisions about that but you can also kind of just be aware that okay I'm running my, I'm usually doing my laundry in the evening and then right. all my dishwasher's on at the same time. Yeah. And if you can balance that out, like just leave the dishwasher and maybe run it really early in the morning when you wake up yeah. or yeah. turn it on before you go to sleep or something like that. And that can, just those little choices can, can make a difference in um, our energy u- usage and then the emissions that we're emitting. Yeah. I mean, it's not that it's not as convenient, obviously, to have to think about every single thing that you do in, you know, say your your morning getting ready routine. You know, when I turn on the the heat in the morning, but then I need to blow dry my hair. It's like, okay, well, why don't I not turn on the heat? (laughs) Because (laughs) the blow dryer is going to warm me anyway. (laughs) True. (laughs) Just blow dry my hair. And then if I'm still cold, then then maybe, you know, go for the the fireplace or or then turn on the heat. But just wait so that not everything is overlapping because that increases the demand quite a bit. Yeah, I think you bring up a good point, too, because we're such creatures of habit. Mm -hmm. In our own homes, we want to feel like, well, I'm in control here and I can have my heat turned up so that I'm comfortable. I'm going to be blow drying my hair and I may be, you know, running the dishwasher or whatever. But if we can just... um, think a little bit before we flip that switch or whatever Mm -hmm. and think, oh, do I really need this right now? And while I'm doing this, I can turn this off or whatever. Right. Kind of like when you do turn on the blow dryer, you see your lights flicker a little bit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like, okay, that's using quite a bit of energy. That's, yeah, kind of a... Oh, um, so the the New York Times article that Deanne and I read that kind of sparked the interest in this topic, they linked a appliance energy calculator... Uh, It's on the Department of Energy's website, and it's really, really cool. So you go onto this website, and it has a a calculator, and it lists all the different appliances, and then you can customize it to the preferences of your own home. So say your microwave is a, you know, it has a different wattage than the custom microwave. You can can go enter that information, how many um, hours a day you use it and how many days a year you use it. And then it will give you your total annual wattage and the cost that you're paying for it mm-hmm. based on um, then in the calculator, there's a spot to say uh, per per watt how much you pay. So you'll have to go onto your local uh, utility bill to look for that. But it was so cool. I spent way too much time on it just going through yeah. and looking at each appliance. I had no idea how how much they varied. Mm-hmm. And I like what you were saying a few minutes ago about thinking of it as your diet plan or your health plan. Yeah. Think about it that way. Mm-hmm. How can I, maybe you look at it today, you make some of these choices we're talking about, and then in six months you look at it again yeah. and see have you, you know how, what impact have I made. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Because, yeah, as we always say, every little, every little bit helps. So if you can look at your carbon diet (laughs) (laughs) go through all of those appliances figure out what 
you are putting out annually and then, you know, make a goal to reduce it by however much by the next year. Mm-hmm. And get with your friends or family and make it like a yeah, fun have a, little a fun thing to track. Yeah. It would be really cool. And even see, you know, is this making a difference in my energy bill? Because yeah, oh, for sure. that's just a side benefit. We're all kind of doing our part to to make a difference out there in helping the planet, but there's also that added benefit of you can save yourself some money. So that's always a nice a nice little boost. Yeah. Unfortunately, I did read a stat, and I don't want this to defer anyone, <laughs> but the 0.05% release, um, I forget the exact percentage, but a, a, f- a considerable amount, amount of the gas carbon emissions. Um, and unfortunately, those, are, those tend to be the people that, that don't care about incentives, mm-hmm. that don't really care about anything except for their... And I'm making a total (laughs) generalization. You know, I mean, there are plenty of people in that 0.05% that are doing what they can. They're donating, they're, they're, you know, using their, their platform to, to do good. But there's also a lot of people in that Mm -hmm. range that have private jets or, you know, purchase so many clothes in a, in a year that Mm -hmm. it's just, it's kind of out of control. So it really does make a difference what you do yourself in the local level. And there are um, some states and countries around the world as well are looking at, they realize that changing these kinds of patterns that we have, it's Mm -hmm. not easy to do. Um, So um, there are incentives more and more that we're looking at that the government and energy providers are are, um, looking at with smart technology, with, um, you know, uh, basically saving you money on your bill, that kind of thing. And then it's kind of this time of use pricing. So it's exactly what we're talking about, like changing the shift in when we put the demand on the energy. So uh, I I think California and Illinois are two states that are already already have that. So Mm -hmm. there's an incentive already there that your energy will be cheaper to use if you use it in off peak hours. France, Spain, and Finland, and a few other countries are doing this as well. So the governments are already, and energy providers are are saying, hey, look, um, it, this is going to benefit us all, uh, and we'll, we'll help send this back to you yeah. in terms of saving you money. So, And, you know, not only incentive programs, but um, grid parity is uh, it's what occurs when alternative energy can generate power at a cost and performance level equal to or less than electrical electricity generated from conventional methods. And solar and wind have already reached parity in both their mm-hmm. price and performance. And um, so it's becoming more uh, commonplace for a lot of regions to, to realize this and then try to establish it to make it more uh, attainable for, for everyone. And the biggest thing there is energy storage, which I mentioned. And mm-hmm. a lot of these storage methods are going to be through batteries, mm. which are not as attainable. And so that's going to be the biggest challenge is this energy storage for renewables because it's already cost-effective and energy-effective. you know, effective. It's, it's But how do we harness yes, it? Yes, exactly. Do we keep it, keep yeah, it and, right. and be able to utilize it all the time. And yeah. so that's going to be the next thing is – um, is figuring out this the battery, the storage situation. But then also, like you mentioned, the smart technology, AI and mm-hmm. microgrids are going to be a big part of that 
um, especially as this technology keeps keeps growing because AI is going to, you know, it's con- continuously adapting to improve the operation. So I think as um, as technology keeps getting, you know, more honed in on these on these kind of systems, it's going to be really interesting to see how quickly renewables take off. Mm-hmm. I mean, not take off, but become more. Mm-hmm. We can figure out how to utilize yeah, the, yeah, the energy that they're pulling in, mm-hmm. and again, you know, there's it, harness it. There's definitely it. a lot of scary circumstances out there and scenarios, but um, but when you look at everyone trying to make a difference, trying to harness this energy and figure out how to pretty much save the planet, there's there's a lot of inspiration and hope. That's how I feel. It's it's easy to get discouraged yeah, when you read sure. some of this and hear some of, you know, the things that are going on. But at the same time, there's a lot of energy and a lot of money and a lot of attention being mm-hmm. uh, turned to, to, to this issue as well. And, you know, some of the other things, we've talked about this in, in previous episodes, but Make the simple choices around your house. Mm-hmm. If it's time to to um, purchase a new appliance, look at you know for an Energy Star symbol. Um, look at the smart thermostats. That can um, help a lot in re- in saving energy and not using it when you when your house doesn't need it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't have to think about it a whole lot. You you need to spend the initial money for it, but you also there. I know there have been rebates on there are rebates on lots of these products too. So um, turn down your water heater a little bit. Use a smart power strip that you can um, turn off kind of those vampire oh, yeah. energy, know, electronics. energy electronics that are that are sucking energy just by being plugged yeah. in. So yeah, yeah there's just tons of little things that you, you a can A few do of these help. these choices um, that, that you can look at in your home and, and uh, along with these kinds of kinds of daily choices and decisions. So yeah, definitely. I actually just moved into a new house, and the water is so much hotter than my old place. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, I forgot how hot water can get." I gotta go it turn down it down a little. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, tons of things you can do to make your difference and do your part. So, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>